I'm Abby Denton. I'm Michael Stearns. And I'm Jim. This is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Abby, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? Oh, I, I, I don't at present have anything to plug. I'm a, I'm a stand-up comedian and, and writer and uh, you should like me. Uh, I have a, a, a cyberpunk audio sitcom at abbydenton.podbean.com called Cyber Cafe. It's about a brain in a jar. That's, I guess, my main thing to plug at the moment. There you go. That's a good plug. And Michael, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? Nothing current. <laughs> um, I'm kind of between plugs. It's, it yep, happens to us all. You put out a print edition of your, your comic, Dawn of Time. I mean, you can talk about, you You made a video game. I made I made a video game, uh, Tiny Barbarian DX. It, it's purchasable. And also I made a webcomic quite a while ago called Dawn of Time, which more recently was put into a print version. So that's an exciting way to give me money if if a person is interested in that sort of thing. And you're are you did you take over Spokane Sequential? Do I remember that or Oh yeah, that's for that's for Zine Talk, but yes, I did. But that's such a local uh thing that it it's kind of not really uh I mean, I could talk about I'm I I was thinking I would talk about it cuz it's cool, but I think we're in the process of talking about it. Yeah, we we're going to save it for the end though. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking at this video of Tiny Barbarian now. Oh. Did you consider making the barbarian bigger? <laughs> I did. I did. There were there was a whole uh, range of of possibilities there. But he'd already gotten the the posters printed. You know, it was too late to change the packaging. It is very small. It is an apropos name. That was, you know, that game was the reason I I made friends with Michael because the the bosses in that game are really well designed. It's very sort of treasure. Like you're doing weird things and the motions are interesting which you don't usually see in indie platformers and so i reached out to station very cool very cool and now we're bffs yeah nice i had to make this whole game in order to show that i was cool but all abby had to do was just talk to me a little bit (laughs) oh and i was like wow what a cool person it really just comes natural to some people it's kind of amazing i learned the power of chat from uh, alan partridge wow (laughs) a powerful man indeed are we ready to start on some topics? Ready when you are. Yes, please. Uh, Michael, your topic is the, that moment when the podcast ads don't play. Yes. That's every moment here on Topic Lords. <laughs> yeah. Have you experienced that? Do you listen to a lot of podcasts? So are you talking about like how like we'll be back after this break and then a jingle plays and then they're back without yes. an ad playing? Yeah. Or like sometimes there's not even a jingle. Yeah, because the way it works now is that the podcasts, like when you download them, grabs a bunch of relevant ads based kind of on your location. And then sometimes it decides, I guess, that because of your location, you're not really worth advertising to. <laughs> and then it doesn't. And for a while, I kind of took offense at that because I listen to like a lot of podcasts that I guess are listened to by wealthy and powerful people who do a lot of hiring and firing. And all of the ads are like, hey, do you need to hire people? Do you need to buy some really expensive furniture. Do you need a dungeon for your peons? Yeah, and I'm just like, ugh, uh, these ads. And then so some for a while I was like, ugh, they don't even want to advertise to me. But now I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't have to listen to any ads. This is so great. You know, like for these guys, they're all like, do you need to hire and fire people? Are, are, do people, would you like some boots to better trot upon your servants? Right. And then for me, it's like, do you need mental health help? <laughs> is your old mattress poking you in the back? So what platforms are podcasts served on where like the ads are are interrupting instead of just like the host will be like, have you thought about buying a mattress recently? What platform is this on? Do you know anything about how that works, Jim? I only have theories. Wait, so you've not actually listened to these? I'm only accustomed to download an MP3 off of like a sketchy website called like the the jokefiends.com and and I'll (laughs) download an MP3 and then it'll just... They'll just spend five minutes at the beginning trying to sell me something for shaving testicles. Right. And then they'll launch into the the jokes and the, and the fiending. Yeah. It's still served by you downloading an MP3 off a sketchy website, but they will insert ads on the fly as you That's download. That's wild. Yeah. Technology has failed us. Yeah. They, they figured it out. They figured out how to put ads in podcasts. It's perverse. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fun listening to older podcasts when you're going through it and they haven't got that set up. And they'll come in at kind of inopportune moments. Right. Um, they haven't kind of guessing it. where it ought to go. 
And then in the more recent ones, it'll be cleaner and they'll say, hey, would you like to listen to some ads? Yeah, I yeah. Hope you said yes. I remember, um, what was it? I think it was 99% Invisible, uh, mm-hmm. where their first episodes are like five minutes long each. <laughs> They're just like little bite-sized things, but they have – but for a while they had – and maybe this is still true – the same amount of ads as they would in the full show. So it was like – That's a lot of ads. That's diabolical. Three times as much ad content as the actual show. It was very – yeah. It was a, it was a bummer. Uh-huh. Hopefully they fix that. 99% Invisible is probably the podcast whose ads make me feel the most inadequate. Yeah? Like yeah. The, the, you, you think – you feel too visible. Only the hyper rich are supposed to listen to that show. It's well, it's kind of how it feels they're advertising to. And I mean, it makes sense. You know, you want to target the people who have money or where you only sell one thing and yeah. you, you know, you you did really good. What is this podcast? 99% invisible. Yeah, it's about design and architecture. How fun. My podcast is called 99% inaudible. <laughs> he is a very shy fellow. <laughs> You know, they, they make plugins to deal with that. They just, you can trim silence. We do that all the time in this show. Uh-oh. Like, the listeners will never know this, but like some episodes of this show are really awkward to record where like nobody has anything to say. There's like eight second silences once before someone thinks of something. Those silences just go away. I've always been grateful for those plugins because they hide my unusual manner of speech. <laughs> well, there's there's also the magic of Esper deleting it whenever you say anything dumb. This is why everybody sounds like a genius on this show. Uh, the sum of the square root of the hypotenuse. <laughs> I, I, I wish I had that that blurb memorized. Yeah, this through the scarecrow. Yeah, yeah, we we would speed it up to chipmunk voice. Yeah, you you, you do sound smarter the higher pitched your voice is. That's why everyone loves um, Los Angeles politician Evangeline. <laughs> not familiar. She uh, not, not from there. She just looks like Barbie. She famously drives around in a pink Cadillac convertible and runs for, I think, mayor every year or city council or something. And she's somehow independently wealthy. So she'll just buy billboards all over town. And she's like a cryptid. Like everyone will have a story about like, oh, I ran a show once. She came into the bar, bought everyone around and left. (laughs) Just just a mystery woman. I like to think of her as uh, Elvira's like evil rival or I guess her good rival. Hmm. Chaotic neutral rival. Okay, who's the who's the the lawful the lawful good Elvira? I, I, <laughs> I'm afraid I'm not an expert on the uh, multiple Elviras of the world. Okay, My, I'm only aware of the common ones. Who was the lady who was running for office in in Texas? Who was like part of her campaign was like riding uh, like an oil jack? I'm horrified. <laughs> like to the to the tune of. Uh, the the cover of Apache by the Sugar Hill Gang. At least it's retro. It was a very strip club move. Good for her. I think that's the I think that's the lawful good version. Good for her. If I can if I can only find her name. I think we should nominate a name for her if uh, it takes too long to look it up. I think uh, I think that's a good alternative to having information is producing it out of out of fiber. Well, let's see what words have I said in the past few minutes. Sugar Hill and Oil Jack. Those are those are both superhero names. It's like Sugar Hill slash Oil Jack or like <laughs> right. it's the team up the Hawk Dove. I'm just pointing out right it's ads ads are still not playing on this show. It's your moment of gratitude for today. You can express it to your to yourself or to your deity of choice. People might appreciate it more if you if you did a if you voiced out an ad break and then nothing played. Oh yeah. And then you could just be like we're back. We'll be we'll be we'll be back right after this. Great time to mention at this juncture that um, Roundtree's uh, fruit pastilles are uh, really good and you should go out and buy some, even if you have to import them. If you import enough, maybe they'll start selling them in American stores for cheap and I can actually have them. What did you say they are? They are fruit. Uh, Roundtree's fruit pastilles, they're sort of like... Eels. Ooh, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, the like the like the orange slices with like the, the sugar crystals around them? Okay. So like, I know those aren't... Those don't sound great. It's like they they figured out how to do them right. It's like you get a little tube with all different colors and or flavors, and they have blackcurrant flavor, which sadly American candy manufacturers don't generally trust. Ah, a more colorful, playful treat time. Yeah, they're a little a little denser than the orange slices, and I don't know, just something about them is more more satisfying. Uh, Amazon thinks I might like juji fruits. 
but anyway, that, that's a great product. If you ever want to exchange money for goods or services, that's one that I recommend. In, in a sense, it's a good, but also a service because of all the work that goes into manufacturing and, and, and uh, import. And we're back. I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> wow. <laughs> were, were you able to find the name of that lady? No. Oh, no. Roundtree Fruit Pastille, I believe, was her name. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. That's a, that's a good name. R- Richard Roundtree slash Fruit Pastille is another team up. Did he pass away recently? Am I remembering that? Who did? Richard Roundtree. Oh, I, I couldn't tell you. It, it's good that we have computers that are able to do all these targeted inline ads in, in podcasts now because... um. Back in the old days, when you went into the store and you bought your comic books or your magazines, the uh, the news agent would actually have to sort of look at you for a few minutes, sort of get an idea of what kind of person you are, and then like hand staple the, the ads into every page of your comic book. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, it's it's very labor intensive. It, they it really didn't like it when, like, you'd say you were going to buy a comic and then at the last minute you back out. And so then the next guy comes along sometimes this would be me and I'm all like, oh, I want this comic. And then he'd look at me real closely and then he just starts tearing pages out of the comic before he gives it to me. It's because he looks so innocent. He didn't want to have any of the violence. Or uh, It was Sarah Stogner and she was running for Texas Railroad Commissioner. Wow. That's a specific. I mean, I guess all political positions are specific ones, but. How much evil do you think you could commit as a railroad commissioner? It seems like you'd have a chance to commit a lot of trolley problems. The, during the episode where Erica described this person's campaign, I found out a lot about Texas Railroad Commissioner, and, I, and it was very interesting, and then I forgot it all immediately. Oh, no. <laughs> so I, I guess go listen to that episode. You should add in the entire audio of that episode to the middle of this one so that it, it looks like you're giving a lot of value for money. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The longest episode of Topic Lords ever. Flashback. Talking of flashbacks, did, did any of you ever read the UK Sonic comic? I read. No, I read because no. the the this like it ran for I think like twelve years, but the the latter six years are they're just rerunning earlier stories because it, it was right. like like magazine format where it'd be like a bunch of six page stories, and they would slowly put in more and more flashback stories until like after a point it's it's only flashbacks, but like like people go through and and scan the whole series so that you can pirate it online easily, and and they still scanned. Like the whole series, but they only they cut out the rerun pages, and so it's it's just page after page of ads, and then a back cover. <laughs> <laughs> so there, did they did they do ones where there was nothing but reruns? Then nothing but reruns for years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it ever reach a point where it ran for so long that they'd been running reruns longer than they'd been doing originals? I don't think they quite reached that. I think it ran from like ninety two, ninety three to maybe ninety nine. And then it sort of ended and continued until like 2005. The the ads in those are great, though. The podcast, Sonic the Comic, the podcast, which is sort of a time capsule of reading this comic in the 90s. They talk <laughs> almost more about the ads than about the, the comics because they're just like, oh, do you remember this? What was this like? It's uh, fine. There's probably ads in it. Yeah, that is something that nowadays, especially like if you look back at content from, you know, over 20 years ago. The ads are almost always more interesting than the content itself. Yeah, the, the, you'll always see like one or two viral tweets a week that are some bizarre Bushira ad that's like Klonoa mm. gonna kill your mom because he's so hardcore because they were very, <laughs> very insecure about their adorable long-eared bunny cat creature. Yeah, it makes me wonder. Like, were ads always interesting? And I'm just like, I've just got this inherent revulsion to being advertised to and so i i my i I flee from them whether if i if i can physically Mm -hmm. and if not i just withdraw like i will i will not pay attention to this but ads that are that old are safe because the product is either you know it's probably not for sale anymore or if not it's laughably out of date yeah and so i get to finally appreciate the ad for what it is Hmm. which is a fascinating work of of nonsense art. Yeah. I've been picking up old uh, Gru comics from, like whenever I go to a comic shop and I don't buy anything, now what I do is I go to the comic shop and I find their dollar Grus or their $2 Grus and I buy a couple of those so that that I've kind of paid them for their time, letting me wander around in the store. Um, And those have, like I didn't read Gru as a kid, but... I remember like all of these ads from other comics that I did read 
or, or they're just ads for like old Nintendo games. And I'm like, oh, this is so great. I love this ad for Phantom Fighter. It, it's like, wow, this, this old comic. And then I get this little nostalgia hit from uh, yeah. these, these silly ads. That's wonderful. Just, just happy to hear about Brew. Do you know Stan Sakai lettered that comic for years? I think he lettered it for almost the entire run. Oh, wow. And he still does. Oh, good for him. I, I think it would be very funny to be like, oh, I love your work lettering Gru the Wanderer. I have an extra thing to plug. It's not mine. But if you like Gru and you want to hear about Gru, there is a Gru YouTube channel. It's called GruTube. Hey! <laughs> and that's that's a real web, a real YouTube account. It's <laughs> it's very nice. It, it's kind of got a, a very soothing, friendly guy who just, calmly talks about Gru for 20 minutes at a time. He is really relaxed and really loves Gru. (laughs) (laughs) Gru ASMR. Yes. I I do now, because you've clarified that he's very chill, like I'm trying to imagine a non-chill Gru reader and I just can't. (laughs) Are we ready for another topic? Ready when you are. I'm I'm ready, yeah. Abby, your topic is Lobsang Rampa. So if you've ever read Terry Pratchett, everyone here loves Terry Pratchett, right? Everyone loves the disc world. Everyone loves Terry Pratchett, right? Yeah, Or course. am I surrounded by evil? Okay, good. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's great. And he, there's a running thing where he will allude occasionally to, I think there are three different uh, great sages who like the, the go-to name he usually goes with is Lobsang. And that is because there was a, a man in the, in the sixties in, or no, in the fifties. Wow. Um, in, in the UK, who claimed to be a Tibetan man, which, which he was not, and, and just sort of published book after book of sort of mystical <laughs> knowledge that he he was apparently somehow privy to. And and people were strangely credulous to his, his claims until someone pointed out that he was a, a plumber from London. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then his story became that he'd, he'd reincarnated uh, from a great sage named Lob Sangrampa. Which I think is a very, very, very bold path to take. And I mean, obviously, it all ties into very, very bleak topics about, you know, cultural appropriation and and um, the, the commodification of the, the mystical thoughts of other people and religion and all of these kinds of things. And I don't know how heavy we want to go we only We only laugh at the, top, at the funny parts here on Topic Lords. But um, it is ultimately... <laughs> well, it, yeah, it... it uh, there, there are bleak sides of this story, but it's also like just a weird historical side note that this happened. I think that uh, a smarter person than me could make a very interesting series of conclusions about what it tells us about society and culture. But I'm, I'm not that person, so I'll throw it open to the table. So th- this, this guy's name is Lobsang Rampa. That, that oh, uh, I forget his real name. Uh, Cyril Henry Hoskin. Okay. Born in Devon. I thought that Lobsang Rampa was going to turn out to be one of these nonsense songs like Mersey Dotes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I can almost hear it in my head, this song. Lobsang Rampa. It's not, it's not quite anything. I just feel like I know this song and I've heard it before. But I think, I think we, could, we could extemporize a song out of this. Yeah. How did you say it, it would go? I, it's, it's, I can't really. It's just kind of on the edge of consciousness that... I don't want to do it. <laughs> when Lob sang Rampa opened up his third eye and he sang. Da, 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 da. Oh, I got nothing. When I was trying to figure out what this was, I Googled it and I misspelled Rampa. Uh, it was R O M P A. And the top result for that is on Pinterest 34 Lob sang Rampa ideas. <laughs> and then there's a, a person on Twitter with one follower. And then there's Lobsang Rampa ha- hashtag on Instagram. And it goes on from there. Like at no point does it like ever talk about a white guy pretending to be a Tibetan dispensing wisdom. I, I, I will clarify. I, I'd forgotten his his claimed first name was Tuesday. Tuesday Lobsang Rampa, which might make it easier <laughs> to find him. Um, also, Carl Kwan Swo, he would occasionally claim to be, which isn't Cyril. I don't know where Carl would have... You know Cyril and Carl, those guys on The Simpsons. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think it, it it's a it's a story that uh, it, you know it almost uh, clarifies a lot of things about the fifties and and uh, the West um, without really you know, clarify further, which saves me a lot of trouble because I'm not really smart enough to clarify any further. Uh, I do think that a good bit would be to um, 
claimed to be then the third reincarnation of Tuesday Lobsang Rampa and then just go around to bed apologizing. <laughs> I Yeah, uh, that might work. That might, uh, you might get some followers that way. Mm-hmm. Might be a good uh, five minutes of Topic Lord data on it. Yeah, I wonder, like, I remember reading that the Tom Cruise movie, The Last Samurai, was uh, a big hit in Japan because the Japanese are fascinated when Westerners are fascinated with them. Hmm. And I, I wonder, like, there, there, there's all sorts of weird shit that we latch onto as a culture. And I always wonder, like, how do they feel about our obsession about this? Hmm. It always makes me curious. That, that makes sense. Yeah, I know there's like you'll you'll see sometimes like um like a like a, a foreign language comedian doing like the American accent in in their own language, and that's always very interesting to hear because like I I can't hear an accent in another language because right. I don't speak it. I mean, I guess I I could probably identify a, a, a an American accent in in Spanish just because that's when I try to talk in Spanish. Um, <laughs> yeah, a very thick, an, an incomprehensibly thick one. Uh, what is it? There, there's like an Italian pop song in the '60s or something that was just—it it oh. was just just nonsense. That's what what English sounds like to an Italian speaker. That kind of thing's interesting. Uh, what is it? Uh, Sid Caesar. Prison Colin Ensign and Cusel is an that's... excellent recall. <laughs> no, I had to look it up. <laughs> oh, bless you, bless you. Thank you for making me sound more put together than I am. You're the you're the you're the MVP. Uh, Sid Caesar, apparently, um, his big, like, you know, the, the guy who gave Mel Brooks and, and a bunch of other Woody Allen, um, <laughs> the start of their careers, um, apparently the start of his career, he was a Belt guy, and his his party piece as, like, a waiter was he would do impressions of of the, the people that he was serving, mm-hmm. and people apparently loved it and, and you know, would, would tip him hugely and just be like, oh, you know, it's so funny when you speak what German sounds like, like, you just say nonsense, but... Uh, uh, what, what's the word for it? Um, double talk, I think it was called, where, which like there are multiple terms in theater for double talk. But it, I think it's interesting that in, in a different context, something that I would say today would be rather universally uh, approached as uh, n- not the best move to make to a stranger. Yeah, yeah. Just auto- automatically copying their, their manner of speaking. Yeah. 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 I don't even know uh, if people did that. Another English speaker did that to me. I'd be pretty insulted. <laughs> I, I wonder if maybe like when you're a waiter in that context, maybe it's, you, you know, you don't have to worry about this guy. Like he's just a waiter. There's no, there's no threat implied there because what's he going to do to you here? I don't know. Uh, spit in your food. Yeah. But anyway, I, I just wanted to share that little story with everybody uh, because it, it's buck wild every time I think about it. It's. Yeah. I was, I was not expecting that to get to go in that direction. Yeah. Especially after my my own research turned it to just be a hashtag. <laughs> I so what what was the hashtag attached to? Uh, well, I I already left the 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 search. Oh dear. All right, I Google, I Google for Lobsang Rampa Rampa with an O. Thirty four Lobsang Rampa ideas on Pinterest, and it just looks like a bunch of book covers with a bunch of the same dude's face on it. So I bet it's that guy. Yeah, uh-huh. it's it's that guy's books, maybe? I guess so, yeah. I wonder how much of that is like an AI just saw that this was a book, didn't understand the context, and was just like, oh, this guy, people probably still think this guy's got a lot to teach us. Yeah, the on, on the books, on the images uh, included on the page, the, it's always spelled correctly. Uh-huh. So I, I hope uh, this episode will get at least a little bump from people who think it's about uh, Danganronpa. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. And, and hopefully... Lobsang Rampa also did. Uh, he he died in what 1981. So so there was time. Was say, too bad he's not around. Imagine what his Twitter account would be like. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I would love that. <laughs> there would be death threats within a, a day, <laughs> and then they'd be carried out within the week. I oh no! <laughs> Tuesday, uh, look out. Well, here we have Lobsang Rampa on Twitter. Ointment fly QNX zero. Oh no! Oh dear. One one follower. Their last tweet was from 2017. It's just, is it out yet? <laughs> Previous tweet prior to that. In fact, in fact, the only other tweet uh, is a retweet of um, someone posting an image saying, "I'm voting for Donald Trump." <laughs> I I like that. No matter what, you know, it's 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 a, a weird fraud name that that is attached to. Well, yeah, I guess this must be before 
Twitter automatically assigned you like you just type in a you'd type in your your the thing that goes in your real name field and then it would construct a, a username out of that. Huh. So like if you typed in Lob Sang Rampa, it would give you like Lob Sang Rampa and then a bunch of digits or something like that. Uh-huh. And you can change it yourself later if you know that that's even a thing you to, you should do. Huh. Are we ready for another topic? Absolutely. Yes, please. My topic is I had a dream where I needed to, needed to recolor my teeth. Why don't video game character creators support this? My first question is what color did you recolor your teeth? Oh, it was like two different shades of off-white. Oh. Um, but <laughs> I was imagining something really more colorful. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean after after I woke up, that's where my mind went. It was like why why just why mother of pearl? Why not hot pink? So is the idea that like in a in a game you could role play as a character who who chain smoked or well, yeah, and like you could recolor each individual tooth, and then you could black them out as you yeah. wanted. Well, yeah, exactly. That was the next thing. Was like, oh, why like don't, the the Aquabats guy. Why don't yeah. video <laughs> video games let you have missing teeth? Like you can have facial scars for days. I think this is a really good idea. Um, do you remember when Xbox created their avatars, and they were all sort of incredibly handsome, yeah, like a me knockoff, yeah, good looking cartoon people. There was a certain style to them, and I found them really annoying because I was, at that time, a very thin person, and all of those avatars were so much thinner than I was. I had to like make the avatar as round as I could, which was hardly at all in order to make it feel like he was proportioned like me. And I forgot about these. Wow. And even then, it was just like, he's just got a tiniest little hint of a tummy. And it's a similar thing with teeth. Like when I see teeth that are super white, I'm kind of like, whoa, that's weird and not natural. That Because my teeth aren't like, I mean, I don't want to say that people don't have super white teeth for, you know, however they got them that way. Maybe they just took really good care of their teeth. But my teeth are not super bright, brilliant uh, white teeth. So when I see them like that. If I were creating a character who looked like me, I would definitely want them to be, you know, a little bit, a little bit used looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I had forgotten about Xbox avatars that like, and I definitely made one. I don't know if I played games with it. I don't know if you could, but I made it. It, yeah. def- it had much less staying power apparently than the Mies did. Yeah. And that was the nice thing about the Mies was that you could make them really weird and ugly looking. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I you felt could- I felt much better represented by a me. <laughs> they still have me's. You can you can play as them in uh, Mario Kart and everything. I'm I'm sad that they've kind of deprioritized them, but um, yeah. But me's don't really have a lot of teeth, do they? No, their 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 mouths are just like billboards. Sometimes they'll some of them I think have a kind of a toothy grin expression, but it's it's not really. Uh, and they're cartoony enough that the bright white teeth on those people, or those avatar characters that's not mm. gonna i'm not gonna sweat the details there what was the game where they like the the npcs are just running the the me data but they they're translated in some different way oh, was it was it zelda it might have been a zelda yeah because the, uh, because a lot of the npcs oh, right. in breath of the wild are based on me style structures but they look ah. like characters in the game so you don't you wouldn't know it if you didn't know Huh. Just looking at them. But when you see them compared to like their me versions, it, it's like, oh, they really are made out of these same pieces. Yeah, yeah. I remember I remember noticing that in, in Breath of the Wild that like their faces are like got the same kind of Mr. Prohito head uh, <laughs> like huh. plug and play mouth, you know. That makes me want to play Breath of the Wild. It, yeah. It's a great game. The not not to address the question seriously, but the probably the real reason that you can't color the teeth is because it's such a small detail on faces and it's not visible right. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Especially like I haven't played many AAA games recently. So it may be that uh they they have Yeah. <laughs> uh, they have since since I last paid attention to video to like really expensive video games, they have started adding this feature. There's people listening to this who are screaming at their podcast catcher apps that's, and that's, they're like that's, that happens don't all you the know time. you guys you don't know anything yeah I, I i hear them in my sleep i yeah. i hear their voices they they echo throughout throughout my house i am enjoying a wonderful phantasm in my head of uh Stephen molyneux being like oh yeah and if you eat an apple 
and you and you go to bed without brushing your teeth, then then your characters you'll actually develop cavities, and you'll have to go to a dentist in the game, or else your teeth will start to fall out, and then you'll get a progressive debuff uh, because because your mouth will be more prone to infection. Now, this would be a really great addition to a game where you can make and eat food. Is that little bits Ooh. of the food appear in your teeth or beard? Yeah. Yeah, um, we we were inches away from that being a mechanic in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I really thought you were going to say frog fractions. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if I were currently working on a frog fractions game, it would be it would be in the running for sure. Mainly a tooth oriented game. That's right. My uh, my card shop guy, the uh, proprietor of my local trading card shop, uh, very nice gentleman, George. Uh, power word game in uh, in uh, Los Angeles. Buy your trading cards from them. Um, is a, a veterinary dentist is like his day job because I guess the, the profit margins aren't great, so he, he has two jobs. And he just recently switched to like 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 overnight emergency veterinary dentist work. Uh-huh. And I like the first time he told me he was a pet dentist, I had to ask later, like days later, I had to come back in and check because I like my brain had filed that away as something that doesn't exist. Right. I, I, dentistry is is a fascinating field. It it never before has there been a, a career where one could commit so much evil without being like regarded as a as a monster. You know, like torturers in the medieval period would, you know, they 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 wouldn't really date much because no one would. Okay, some people would actually be very down for that, but then you know you're working off the clock. It's the whole union thing. Well, I think it's a carrot and stick situation. That's that's filthy, Jim. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Oh, I, I think what you're trying to say is that when a dentist does their work on you, they should wear a black sack over their head. Yes, yes, yes. And and just don't do it. <laughs> just don't do the work, yeah. Yeah, just leave me alone. <laughs> Fix me with prayer. <laughs> Throw some salt on me. I remember wondering about the whole idea of dentures. They're fascinating. Like the idea that like at some point in your life, your dentist is going to say, like, yeah, let's just pull all these. Let's just, they're all going to go and you'll have these fake teeth instead. Is that still happening or did that just, did it once happen? And like, like everybody on like June, June 3rd, 1950, everybody on the planet got their teeth pulled. And that's why only old people have dentures now. Mm. Now, if they're old, they would have been like 20. <laughs> then, then they would, but now they're old. And, and like that was just this is the best way we know to treat twenty year olds back in nineteen fifty. But nowadays we know better for humans, but for pets, like let's just pull their teeth and give them dentures. Oh, oh no! He he was describing to me like they because because they'll also do other veterinary work and and they they have, they get better. I, I mean, this is a probably Hollywood people with dogs that they can afford to treat. Right. Um, but these dogs they they treat significantly better than me. With di- diabetic dogs getting better medication. My insurance sent me a letter this week. They're not covering my insulin anymore. Wow. I didn't even know you could do that. That I didn't know that either. We only laugh at things here at Topic Lords. No no serious topic, so I have to laugh at you. Oh, I mean, like, I, you know, I, I think I've figured out, you know, you got to do all. You, you say you did figure it out? That I, I, was, I believe. Okay, so what I think I was is, concerned right? about it, but it looked like you had, had found something out. Well, mm, I don't like how it's sorted out, but I do think it's fascinating. The Congress keeps saying, oh, we're going to gonna set insulin caps. Uh, California's uh, legislature tried to set insulin caps, and uh, Governor Gavin Newsom said that he was all in favor of setting price caps on insulin, and then vetoed it because he's evil. Uh, they keep threatening to do a price cap on insulin just federally. And because of that, I think in fear of that, the insurance companies have started to 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 do uh, savings programs, and at the moment, Eli Lilly, my insulin manufacturer, has a savings program where I'd only pay thirty five a month, which isn't isn't what my insurance had been covering, and it makes me more frustrated that I'm paying for for insurance. But what I I think the savings program ultimately is they they can they can write it off tax wise, right? Right. The, like it's mm. a charitable thing, which is. They've already inflated it to this ludicrous price. And then they're, and they're writing they're off their thinking. own inflation. Yeah, it's it's and there's there's it's I guess it's not your money if it's the money that you're not paying them for the thing. Yes. But it, it's like it's like when you go to the grocery store and they're all like, "Would you like to donate some money to charity so that we can use that money and write it off and get the tax benefits for it?" And it's like, I, "Oh, you 
pieces of shit. You nice lady running the counter at the grocery <laughs> store, but the people you work for are monsters. I love the idea of someone who heard about the, the tax write-off thing and, and thinks it's each individual clerk is running yeah. this con separately. <laughs> <laughs> you minimum wage pulling son of a bitch. You class traitor. <laughs> uh, before we move on, I have to remember that to, to bring up that when I brought this up on Mastodon, someone pointed out that pro wrestling games have had like missing oh. teeth options. So like finally, someone someone thinks of the people with missing teeth. That's a good place for it. Agreed. Yes. Yes, but there are there are trashy people in all sorts of games. Yeah. All walks of life. And like why not why, why even if like it's a oh I, I'm trying to think of like what would be the video game that would be least likely to have a trashy person in it. Perhaps Bayonetta. If, mm. Why well, why shouldn't I be able to give Bayonetta missing teeth? <laughs> the, that's the only customization you can do. Right, yeah. Just which exactly teeth are the same, but just the but the teeth have uh, started to go. Yeah. I'm down. I'm for it. So so speaking of when you had this dream, do you think there was any relation to the sort of dream where you have teeth falling out of your mouth? I don't have that sort of dream. Never? That's not, no, the 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 kind oh. of recurring dream that I have is when I'm is the kind of dream where I'm driving but not paying attention. That's my kind of nightmare. Well, it's what like, happens when you're not paying attention? Because it seems like that's just normal life for a lot of people. Nothing, but I'm just like, oh shit, I wasn't paying attention. That's really bad. Oh. That's the nightmare. I I'm fascinated. It's it feels like um the same way you can't prove a negative. Like to be aware that you're not paying attention seems like a mental state. That it, it you're like backflipping. I mean, it might be just be it might just be that I realized it after I was awake. It's like I wake up and it was like, oh shit, that yeah. was really dangerous. Oh yeah, okay, and then you yeah, and then yeah. you're like in a kind of a you weren't scared or worried in the dream, but you wake up and you're kind of like, oh no, now I'm never going to get back to sleep. Now <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might crash. Are are either of you cognizant of things that you're not paying attention to right now? No, I don't think so. Is something sneaking up on me? No, well, I mean, we. Am can't I breathing see. manually? Oh no! <laughs> I I would say uh, one's bladder is you know you're not really usually thinking about it. You're not thinking about it until you need to think about but, it. But like it's it's there, like you're aware in the back of your head. Yeah, the the bladder comes to me. The bladder is like, hey, it it gets my attention. I don't I don't ask the bladder what's up. Hmm. What other like like I don't know. I couldn't even tell you where my kidneys are or my liver or. My pancreas, even though really, you know, it's it's not pulling its weight anyway. My lungs, I guess I can kind of feel not really heart. Yeah, because you can feel them expanding. Hmm. Kind of. Okay, yeah, yeah. Your heart, if you run or, you, you know, like when, when yeah. you... You can feel your pulse in a lot of places. That That's your blood, I guess. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, I... I think it's best not to think of such things. Right. Any reminder that I'm a, a, a fleshy human is uh, that I'm an animal that's going to die someday is like, no, I'd rather not think about this, actually. I like to think of myself as just being filled with a kind of a hot dog like consistency, just head to toe. <laughs> I remember, uh, I think it was Sandy Peterson. Hmm. He was a, a tabletop RPG guy for a while. And I think he still is. And then he was also like level designer at id software for a while. I remember him talking about, um, running a tabletop campaign where all the player characters had like clones that showed up. Oh, is that uh, paranoia or no, 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 no. I don't, I don't know the system. I don't know the system that it was. Uh, but, the, the the clones were were hollow inside. They were just the skin, and then inside was nothing. Um, and the 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 twist was that um, they started testing everybody to like the, what the, what you would do is you'd put a you'd stick a a syringe into them and, and pull out. And if it, if blood came out, they were human. If air came out, they were the, one of the things. Oh. So they started testing everybody they met, and it turned out that one of the player characters was one of the things. Whoa! Which I thought was incredible. Like an incredible idea, anyway. Yeah, it's anyway, a lot there's, of fun. There's your new idea for your tabletop RPG campaign that you're going to run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It only works. It's like it's only interesting if it's like it wouldn't work in other media. Like the protagonist turns out to be one of the things in a movie. That's fine. Okay, that's kind of a twist. But but the the player characters in a, in a tabletop campaign are special. 
Like that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those board games where you play for a while and then it turns out that one of you is the killer, but oh yeah, 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 yeah. find out. Right. Yeah. Are we ready for another topic? Sure. Certainly. For this topic, we've, we're going to be read, reading this poem. I've been writing you a poem by Abby Denton. All, all right. I've, I've slightly changed the scansion because or the, the, the wording. Because I don't think I've ever heard it aloud, so that's, this uh, is fine. All right. I, I wrote this for a relative of mine who was too young to appreciate it. And so I'd like to share it with you all in the hopes that you will also not appreciate it. But we will someday, and so will the relative. Like, hopefully, in like twenty years, everybody's going to enjoy it. You know, I, I got uh, I got my girlfriend to to draw a picture of his favorite member of the Paw Patrol in the in the margins. He didn't even seem to appreciate that because it didn't look three D because it was a drawing. Oh no! Oh. Is it? Is that? Does that mean it's true? Children only like three D animation. I. You know, I. I get, oh, now I now I. I thought that die. was a thing made up by executives. <laughs> That's a, you know, that's a question because I, I guess it, I was like cognizant that there was a difference when I was little, I, you know, like a reboot or whatever was the TV stuff. Like, and I, I genuinely, I, I was like, oh, Beast Wars is the most realistic thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like they filmed it in the jungle. <laughs> this, this plastic gray. I've, I've got a five-year-old and I've, I'm now I'm questioning, like, I was going to say, like, I don't think he has a preference for 2d versus 3d animation but now i'm now i'm questioning myself because i just don't know hmm. i'm trying to think of like the shows that he really enjoys and they're all 3d animated but it, a lot of that's just what a lot of them are now as well well yeah it's, i think it's cheaper than doing like i think it's cheaper to do good 3d than to good 2d these days hmm. but the 3d in a lot of those shows is not good that's a good point yeah it's cheaper to to do 3D that the children like. It's cheaper to do bad animation, no matter what. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's true. Very true. I was so fascinated when I watched the um, would it be the the 2013 Ninja Turtles? The oh, the Nickelodeon one. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the yeah. First yeah. Nickelodeon I, one. I was very fascinated because I, you know, I don't watch a, a whole lot of animated stuff, and or I mean, I, I guess I don't. Um, I mean, I I like cartoons. It sure looked like a Beast Wars PlayStation game, didn't it? I mean, um, yeah, they 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 covered it up with style, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think it was very well done, but it, it was very fascinating how like the lengths they would go to to have like as few characters like on screen in a scene at a time. <laughs> like there'll be like eight guys in a room, but you'll you'll just see two of them interacting because I assume it's much faster to to render or whatever. Have we have we already read the poem? Oh, sorry. No. Yes, alrighty. <clears throat> well, who would like to read my poem? Well, I think you should read it. Alrighty. I think that would only be appropriate. I'm writing you a poem by Abby Danton. <clears throat> I'm writing you a poem I began last Halloween to wish you happy birthday. Today, you have turned three. Profound. Three-year-old does not does not yeah. appreciate your scansion. Well, now there there's. There's any number of reasons that this might be. I mean, I'm I'm upsetting to look at and hear. Uh, he's entered a phase where if if he sees me on on a on the phone on on a video call or whatever, he will just yell no <laughs> and and hide hide and try to turn off the phone. And it uh, it doesn't it isn't great for my self esteem. Oh dear, uh, she's gonna read me another poem. <laughs> Do you think that maybe? <laughs> He has developed a level of self-consciousness that he is embarrassed of some past transgression Aww. that he committed against you. Like perhaps the first time he shouted no on the phone and then ever since he's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed about doing that. So so he he digs deeper. That that is a family trait, I'll tell you what. <laughs> um I my the two theories. The one is um when we do hang out, like, a, you know, I'll, I'll chase him around and, you know, we'll we'll play like that. Oh, yeah. In a, in a almost roughhousing kind of, I don't know if roughhousing is the word when you're picking up a child. And so at first that was the theory was that it was because he would, you know, you'd run away because you want to play with this person that you see, even though they can't step out of the phone. And and I I like that theory because it involves him liking me in a sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the other theory was that um, I I tell him a lot of outlandish stories because that's what an ant does. Um, just trying to, trying to get some sort of a, a reaction or to make him laugh. 
And, uh, you know, the distinction between jokes and um, like treacherous deceit is, is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a fungible one. It's, it's, it's a permeable membrane. And um, so I, it might just be that, that his dad has had to clarify that I'm talking crake as I think they say <laughs> so many times that he's just like, no, you're, you're just going to deceive me again. Be gone from these realms of truth. All right. While we're spitballing, here's my theory. He doesn't want to be perceived and you're the only other real person in the world. Oh God. Wow. That's bleak. Cause I'm a real person and I love being perceived. So are we like, is it like a Batman Joker? <laughs> oh, the two no. people who live can never truly be happy with the situation they're in. I didn't realize that people loved being perceived. Oh yeah. It's a thing. Damn. I love being perceived as um good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it was perceived in a specific way. Yes. Yeah. Whereas I just don't want to be perceived in any way. Hmm. Which is why I put this podcast out into the world for hundreds of people to listen to <laughs> every week. We could split up if you want. Like I, I could just go. <laughs> I'll just I'll just cover here. I'm holding my hand over your face, so now I can't see it. I can't breathe. <laughs> if you can't see other people perceiving you, are do you feel Can you squish their heads? <laughs> Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> This time I'll actually listen to what you're saying rather than making a joke. I believe I was saying if if you if you cover Abby's head so she can't perceive you anymore, or or at least you can't perceive that she is perceiving you. Does that make you feel better in terms of preferring not to be perceived? Uh, no, no, because I have object permanence. Oh yeah, it's been a problem. It would be much easier. I mean, I feel like if my brain were much smoother, I think it would be a big help. In many respects, it would help my anxiety a lot. So what did you think of this poem's rhyme scheme? I like it. I like the threen at the end. It's a nice twist. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good... Uh, it also makes me wonder if he's really three or if maybe there's some extra meaning in there. I'm. Uh, yeah, this it's could be, it could be three or, or it could be a corruption of 13. Yeah. They're both, just equ they're both equally valid. Threen could be like some strange class of fantasy creature the threen yeah you have turned undead yeah today you have turned that's all that's the whole sentence right i get it yeah 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 was there anything to it <laughs> to the poem to 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 uh to the threen oh abby. yeah uh, uh, abby abby left abby's oh. gone oh no abby didn't want to be perceived i was gonna say oh she she burbed okay i wonder what happened Perhaps we can. Uh, perhaps we can wait here. And uh, we. I. I need to know about this threen. I need mm -hmm. to know. Hello. Right. I'm terribly sorry. I had to get a banana. I understand. Diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> what does What does it feel like to to need a banana? Ooh, that's a question. It. You know, my my diabetologist actually asked me this last week because they have to sort of know sort of how well you're able to detect changes in your blood sugar because if if you can't, then you're gonna freaking die. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, machinery these days, it's, it's not a death sentence, but it, you know, it's a lot safer. And it, it's funny you ask that. Cause I can't think of how to describe it. When I was very young, I would like shake from having no, no sugar in me. And the older I get, I, I don't know if it's having more like built up ATP or my muscles or whatever. Like, like I, I don't shake anymore, but it, it, it is the same feeling. And so I feel like I am shaky, even though I am not, ah. and I don't know how to describe it. It's really hungry, real cranky. Uh, not less cranky than high blood sugar, but like, I don't know, sort of, right. I feel like I've just run a marathon kind of, and I, I just, I, I, I'm sick of everything. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you just run a marathon when all you need to do is eat a banana. Yeah. This sounds, this sounds like an exhausting way to live. Well, for, fortunately it doesn't happen that much if, if you're able to take care of it, which thank, thank goodness I am. Just a couple decades ago, my life would be much less convenient. Was that when you had no access to bananas? Yeah, yeah, but before bananas were invented, yeah. Right, yeah. And I've I've been on an insulin pump, which is very, very convenient. Could be more perfect. You know, they could just cure it, but that, that's much less profitable because then you can't sell right, insulin yeah. and write it all off. You know, that that's I that I I try not to give in to conspiratorial thinking, but that's the one thing that I'm like, oh yeah, they're definitely sitting on a cure for diabetes. Those <laughs> right. fat cats in Washington. Right. So we were having a. a a strident discussion about whether 
Threen is a corruption of three or 13? Oh, uh, three. Okay. I thought he might appreciate that I, he'd, he'd go, oh, that's silly. You don't know yeah. numbers. <laughs> that's right. You fool. Yeah. 13-year-olds love that shit. <laughs> he, you know, he, he seemed more disappointed than anything that I don't know the number three. Yeah. Or perhaps he was just disappointed that you could see him. I think there's probably something there. If there's there's two people in the universe and they, you know, they want perfectly incompatible things, I think there's a there's a poetry there. Only one of them can be happy. That's you can his his fourth birthday poem can be about that. I think he'll be ready. We're we're very we're we're a very bright family. I would we were we were hanging out. We had a little cardboard box. It was like broken up. It was last Christmas, and it fell over. And I was trying to entertain this small child, and I said. Oh, why, why do you think it fell down so so much more slowly than something else that might fall down would? And my mother, who I guess just has no faith in me whatever whatsoever, just said, uh, it's because of air resistance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't fathom how... Yeah, you, you were asking for your own benefit? Yeah. Uh, it really, really, I sit awake at night wondering what my mother <laughs> thinks of me. The one member of the family who didn't go into the hard sciences. Is it air resistance? <laughs> it feels like it has to do with the density of the material. Um, well, I, I would suppose that the less dense it is, the more the air can resist it. Yeah, I guess that. I guess it's the same thing. And the, the wider, the width, the amount of air you're displacing. I'm sure there are more uh, elegant terms for it that I would know if I had a doctorate like my mother. Uh, every, every day we disappoint her. I'm just going to tell stories about my 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 child nephew and my adult mother. Uh-huh. He'd, he'd, he'd pooped himself because children do that Sunday. This this kid speaks more languages than I do, and he still poops his pants, which I I can't deal with both of those. Yeah. You know, like he corrects my Korean grammar. Doesn't seem right. Yeah. It, I can't. I can't take it. Like it. It. Yeah. I'll never recover from it. But uh, she was asking him if he was was ready for a diaper change. And she she like walked into the room and she was like, do you need a diaper change? Are you a poopy man? And she like did this weird <laughs> sort of like a, like those those giant cats in Tom and Jerry that like they have that weird like shifting their muscles walk. And she was kind of doing that walk. And she she did this weird. Are you a poopy man voice? And I've just been obsessed with that for an entire year now. What is the poopy man? And and why did this child go, ah, yeah, it's me. I'm the poopy man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should have taken the opportunity to get back at your mom and, and say, no, he is made of flesh. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> I, I like the way you think. I like the way you think. You would know that if you'd ever written a sitcom. <laughs> she still hasn't listened to it. She's had plenty of time. <laughs> and then and then Christmas Day came a couple days later and um my my father, 80 years old, had received a, a pair of footy pajamas from my strange younger sister and he was wearing a paper crown cuz we'd done uh Christmas crackers because this is an extraordinarily British family. Uh he was wearing a little a mockery of a crown wearing footy pajamas. He he was on task to pick up all the all the wrapping paper that our our child had had left around the room, and uh, I just looked at at this poor humiliated man and thought, "There he is. There's the poofy man." <laughs> uh, we probably have time for one more topic. Uh, this topic, uh, Abby, your topic is. I I feel like we've already it's 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 just bleak. It's all uh, it's more Lobs and Grandpa stuff. It's just about cultural appropriation and so forth. I oh, want to hear about any of these others. All, all of right. these sound great. In that case, let's do, uh, Michael, your topic is Cats You Can Ride, pre-He-Man. Okay. So as you may know, if you have learned anything about the production of He-Man, the way they came up with Battle Cat, and we all know about He-Man, right? We know who Battle Cat is. Well, give us give us the, the short version in case yeah. some of the listeners are he unfamiliar. He covered that Four Non Blonde song, What's Going On, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's his main claim to fame. So He-Man rides around on a green cat named Battle Cat. And when they were developing the toys, because the toys came first, I, I may be misremembering the exact details of this, but we're like, we need accessories. We have to have big chunks of plastic that we can sell to people who have already bought He-Man. And one of the guys in the art department or something says, hey, we've got 
the this line of animal toys also let's just put him on the tiger and see how that looks <gasps> or maybe it was a lion i don't know and then and then he did that and it's like oh he looks great this is um wait wait did you say you don't lion no that's a different um, 80s toy jokes yes that's right <laughs> um so so they created this this cat uh painted it uh you know stripy and green and and then it's kind of like when you think of a guy riding on a cat, you probably think of He-Man. I mean, I do, but you know, maybe that's just me. I, I read a lot of sword and sorcery, old uh, fantasy novels and things, and I am uh, currently reading uh, The Lure of the Basilisk by Lawrence Watt Evans. And I didn't even see this guy on the cover because the cover is... I guess I just didn't really look at the cover very closely, but... You, you could see it on the cover. There's this dude and he is riding on a big black cat and it's his, it's his war beast. It's this, uh, this big giant black cat. It's not really a character, but it is one of the cooler elements of this world. And this was written in 1980, or at least that's when it was published. So this would have been perfect time for this book to come out and for it to actually have influenced the creators of He-Man and made them go, hey, this is really cool. Let's put him on a cat like that book I was reading, you know? And maybe they just don't want to give credit to, you know, someone that they would have to pay a royalty to. But it occurred to me that, oh, this this could have been the thing. And so the, the list is not very long, that as far as I can tell from a small amount of research. And if anyone knows more, I would love to hear from them. The other big fantasy series with a guy who rides around on a cat is the Gandalara Cycle, which I am totally unfamiliar with. Um, and it's more of a, like a Princess of Mars style isekai kind of thing, or maybe like uh, the Tarnsman of Gore sort of uh, thing where where a guy, like he's about to die or something, and then he uh, wakes up in a oh, oh, strange isekai. new world and he's been, you know, he's been isekai Yeah. And now he's young and strong and virile. And, and now he has a mental link to this cat that he gets to ride around Wait, on. Wait, so... Princess of Mars was gravity, right? Like he was just very strong because, or was he actually reborn? Oh, oh, in in Princess of Mars. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess I'm curious about all of these. Like no, he, he 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 teleported because yeah, like teleport versus new body, which I guess they're they they're both Arisekai, I guess. But it's interesting. It's it, I feel like there's a big difference. The, the the thing that makes it feel Isekai to me about that is that he is able to use his earthly self to be a super powered God on this other world. Hmm. But yeah, it, it's, it's a different kind of thing. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. For this other one, because this guy was, he, he had like a, maybe he was about to die. He was, he's an old guy and he wakes up and now he's young and healthy. And more importantly, he's got a cool cat to ride around on. And they did seven of these books. So that may also have been a big uh, cat riding opportunity but i don't feel too bad about not knowing because um it seems like there are not too many books that had guys riding around on big cats there's an aquabat song i was thinking actually that princess of mars must have one because there's this really great frank frazetta painting where they're facing off against a really freaky looking tiger lion kind of creature but i don't think anyone rides it as far as i know i haven't read that one specifically hmm. yeah i'm i'm on tv tropes looking for riding a cat as a trope mm -hmm. and it does not seem to be one like i found a page called chariot pulled by cats uh-huh but that's not even about cats specifically that's just cats are just an example of the of the trope yeah i found a lot of lists of interesting mounts in fantasy hmm. and i did find some cats that are much more recent but i'm i'm more interested in the yeah the one that comes to mind is the the elves ride the um don't, don't the elves ride cats in, in World of Warcraft? I, yeah, I think you're right. And in um, Brutal Legend, uh, you can ride around on a cat made of pure vinyl. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's a cool thing. It's, it's like it, it's a, a, a trope sort of at this point, I think. Um, hmm. maybe, not, maybe not a TV trope, but, um, but yeah, I'm curious where uh, this originated. And I don't have a whole lot of uh, research done on this or anything particularly interesting to say, I suppose, but that there was anything. I, I think if a TV trope page has like more than 50 examples, then it, it, it's a, it's a primetime TV trope. And then oh. you've got like the, the post watershed TV tropes and I, I, I don't know other TV broadcast terminology, but, but you, you see the shape of a joke there and that's the same yes. as my having made it. Yeah. Sorry, go on. 
Well, anyway, if any of your audience knows anything about pre-1980 cat writing, I'm interested to hear it. Hmm. I just did a search for oral history of men writing cats. Yes. Not useful results. Who would you interview for such an oral history? <laughs> the the writers themselves, the cats? Yeah, like He-Man fans. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, the cat's name is Cringer. Am I remembering that right? That's right. Yes. That's a bad guy name, right? Like that's, that's the henchman. And he's like, oh, Cringer, you failed me again. Well, no, Cringer is a good guy, you though. Blithering bucket of bolts. It, it is interesting that, that He-Man would have, or, or Prince Adam, I guess, would have named his cat Cringer. Usually when a cat ends up that cowardly, it's because they've been the victim of some extended yeah. period of abuse. How did Cringer get like that? <laughs> well, Prince Adam? Oh, oh, he's a he's a rescue. He's a rescue. Oh, okay, yeah. Aww. I I do like to imagine the uh, the the Teen Titans Go He Man cartoon, which I don't know if that exists, but I like to imagine Cringer just like, guys, that's a little embarrassing. <laughs> oh, be cool, dude. Tugging at my shirt collar here. <laughs> Tugging at my heartstrings. That's uh, you, you know, you end up with. You know, little little jokes you do with your partner. The uh, the Simpsons uh, color tug is one of yeah. <laughs> one of the ones me and Morgan do like constantly. I so mean, if, it, if, it, when I say constant, normal. we sound nuts. We don't do it constantly. We just do it frequently. If his normal non superpowered mode is cringer, then is his uh, powered up mode? It's no longer battle cat. It's based er. What do people say? Okay, I like it. I like it. I like it. The um, based cat. Chad cat. Chad cat. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like cringe is is like cringe is very much in the eye of the beholder and that something that you find cringe, someone else would find Chad and vice versa. Oh. One man's cringe is another man's Chad. So it would be cringer and cringer from a different perspective <laughs> would be the other one's name. I as a kid, I interpreted the name cringer as a little bit like springy in a way. Hmm. Maybe I'd just seen a lot of Winnie the I Pooh. Could, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but there, there was something like you know he's he's cringing, but he's also coiled up like he might. It, it sounds kind of cool. He might explode in any moment. Yeah, but but then it's also got the the meaning that he's uh, terrified of everything. Right. So double entendre, you know. Yeah. Like I don't like, know if that's like, really the case, but like everyone in He Man has some kind of like er element to them. They're uh, hmm. they have names like Wingor and. <laughs> Trunkor. Trunkor. Like the characters were conceived in like 10 seconds each on the back of the napkin on the car ride to the to the studio. There, I, for, I forget if it was confirmed. There's like a theory about um, She-Ra, that, like the development of She-Ra as a concept, which was that Hasbro was split into, or Mattel or whichever, was split into yeah. boy toys and girl toys divisions. And because uh, Barbie or whatever was the dolls that this company made, I forget which one it was. Um, had dominated the the company for so long like they were the the they were like the 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 big dogs they were the wolf of wall street guys and uh when he-man came out it was the first time that the boy division had made more money and so there was mm -hmm. this theory for years that that she-ra was basically like because that was spearheaded again by the girl division and that was why it had all the brushable hair and stuff and the the theory because it it messed with something because it it split the 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 product lines or something, and no one knew which one to buy for their kids, and so like the theory was that it was basically they were just trying to spoil He-Man. <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but I do I do like to imagine the documentary that I don't have enough data to write myself. The uh, it, the the toys that made us a documentary hmm. does talk to a woman from Mattel a lot about He-Man and Barbie, hey. or not He-Man, but um, She-Ra. And, uh, you know, obviously he yeah, in there wow. too. Um, but she does talk about it and how very she was extremely proud to have kind of taken it back from the boys. Like, <laughs> like th this this is someone you would not want to mess with. Um, ah. This woman, like she talks. I believe she talked about like um, sabotaging Jem. Oh my gosh! <laughs> which may or may not have been that makes me so mad. Yeah, I I don't know how true it really is because. With sort of the amount of time it takes products to come to market, they had to have had Rock and Roll Barbie kind of like ready to go to begin with, I would think. Um, mm. But but she takes credit for it. She's all like, oh, yeah, 
we destroyed them. We did it on purpose. That's so funny. Wow. She is a real Wolf of Wall Street kind of toy person. <laughs> yeah. Some of those uh, uh, toys that made us um, st- episodes are really, really good. <laughs> hmm. And that's all the time we have for Topic Lords. Fun, fun little bit of trivia because we mentioned Gem and I just think it's great. If any of you watch Moral Oral. No. I don't even know what it is. The, it, it was uh, Dino Stamet. Uh, have you seen Community? Yeah. The guy who played Starburns, Dino Stamatopoulos, is like a TV producer guy. And he produced this stop motion claymation adult swim show, Moral Oral, which was sort of like those old Davy and Goliath, like little little oh. kid learning about religion, but oh, everything's all fucked up. Oh, and that's an alcoholic and all, all these things. But there, there's this one song, Close Face, that's uh, th- this this song that this girl sings to another girl that he, she's in love with. And it's just sort of a lovely, nice little song about loving someone is is a very nice song and that song was sung by the musician Britta Phillips who also did the singing voice of Jem in Jem and the Holograms and I just think that's kind of neat neat yeah Mm. Abby if this is something that you want where can people find you on the internet uh I get just if you if you search Abby Denton on um I guess I'm on blue sky and twitter at the moment say hello or I mean if 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 you didn't find me annoying say hello if you did then i mean you know you'd probably rather just keep your distance which i i respect especially if you don't wish to be um observed <laughs> and and michael if this is something that you want where can people find you on the internet yeah i love being observed so you can find me probably the easiest is on twitter at rvr67 michael which is uh maybe not the easiest um just think about virtual on yeah yeah and which uh, everyone knows all the different product lines in virtual uh, or dawn um, for my web comic which hasn't been updated in a very long time but you can it's kind of it's one of those hubs well it's time travel so like it who knows when it was updated Uh oh <laughs> uh, thanks so much for being on my computer just switched to uh its speaker somehow oh at least it waited until the end of everything then he played fantasy star online too you guys, you gotta, you gotta say like thanks for having me or something, or the show won't end. Oh, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was an honor and a privilege. I didn't realize we hadn't stopped. I apologize. <laughs> Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. This episode was edited by Esper Quinn, who can also edit your episode if you contact them on Twitter. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it, or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com, and you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!